Welcome to training from Scott Ross Online. Scott Ross is a highly sought after and internationally acclaimed personal development and leadership coach who speaks to more than 50,000 people a year. The same strategies he's taught top executives are available to you through programs like this one. We encourage you to take notes and listen to this audio multiple times for maximum results. And now, here's Scott. Welcome, everybody, to the Scott Ross Leadership Podcast. This is episode number 119, and I'm excited that you have joined us. Appreciate so much you invest in some of your time every single week. For those of you who are subscribers to the podcast, I'm especially grateful. If you haven't subscribed, you can do that for free at scottrossonline.com. That is scottrossonline.com. And uh, it's very simple. There's a button on the right, and you can subscribe using whatever platform you prefer. This week, we're going to start a new series and I think it's going to end up being three weeks we'll end up seeing how it goes because as you know sometimes I will go down a rabbit trail but this series is near and dear to my heart it's something that I care very deeply about and I'm just excited for you guys to go on this little journey with me to discuss this topic it's something that I think is lacking in a big way in the world today and something that as all of us are out there modeling leadership and transforming the world through who we are, I think that if we can make sure that this is an ingredient in what we model, we can have a big, big impact on our society. Um, Definitely, if you will start to model this idea, it will help you be a better leader within your organization. You will get bigger results as we're about to discuss, discuss, but more importantly, uh, this will start to become something that has a ripple effect far beyond your own personal organization and can quite literally change the world. So the topic for this series is humility in leadership, humility in leadership. And humility is a topic that is near and dear to my heart because humility is a biblical concept. And, you know, the Bible talks a lot about humility. I know that a lot of you guys aren't uh, believers that listen to this podcast. You just listen for the uh, leadership stuff only. And, you know, you want to fast forward a little bit whenever I get to this. So I apologize, but uh, cannot separate it. What's down in the well comes up in the bucket. And, you know, the scripture just tells us a lot about how those who are humble get better results than those who do not. Proverbs 22, 4 says the reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. I don't know about you, but riches, honor, and life sound like good byproducts to me. And it says that the mechanism that triggers that in your life is going to be humility and fear of the Lord. You know, it says God opposes the proud, but God gives grace to the humble. James 4, 10, humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. So we see that we have this ancient wisdom telling us that if we will pursue a path of humility, we will get better results, bigger results. The problem is, is that like much of scripture, this wisdom is counterintuitive. We live in a dog eat dog world. We live in a world where we are supposed to promote ourselves. Think about social media and how much time people invest in creating a false impression of who they really are on social media. They go to all sorts of lengths and degrees to create the impression that they're more awesome than you, uh, whether that's getting the perfect picture of the meal that just got it put in front of them, or today's Valentine's Day, by the way, happy Valentine's to everybody out there. Most of you are going to be listening to this and it's not going to be Valentine's Day, but hey, you can have love on any day of the year. Don't worry about that. Hallmark has nothing to do with it. So 
I digress. You know, on Valentine's Day today, some people are going to get a nice card. They're going to get a lovely gift from their favorite someone, and they're going to try to make sure that they put that gift in the right position on the table or in the couch and in the right light to get the picture. Why? So they can make themselves look awesome. This is how we operate. You know, we are all about me, me, me in this generation. And I just think that it is very helpful for us as leaders to start to tap into some of this ancient wisdom and think about what if we were to do the counterintuitive thing? What if we were to adopt humility as a cornerstone of our leadership moving forward, as a cornerstone of how we operate? It just is part and parcel with who we are. What would what would that look like and how could that impact our leadership? And so we're going to be talking about that over the next few weeks. And the first thing I wanted to do is just start with why. Let's talk about the benefits of having humility in your leadership. There are so many, but I just came up with a few off the top of my head that I wanted to share with you. And the first one is that, as ironic as this may sound, humility actually allows you to lead from a position of strength. Humility allows you to lead from a position of strength. Now, I know that that may not make any sense. It's like what we think of humility as being low, as being downtrodden. You know, we think of the that poor, humble person. But actually, and using a biblical reference again, biblically, this is not the perspective on humility at all. Humility in, in the Greek word for humility in the New Testament is uh, tapainos, which is used outside of scripture to refer to some specific things. And one of the things that it refers to, like if you study ancient Greek literature, they use this word to refer to a stallion in the arena or a stallion in battle. Now, why would they refer to that stallion using this word tapainos? Well, it's because it is the idea of very significant strength under control. Strength under control. Think about a stallion. The stallion by far outweighs the master, the rider. It by far is stronger than the rider or the master, and yet it yields itself to the direction of the master. This is the idea of biblical humility. And when we will start to put ourselves in a position where we are yielded and we are accountable to someone else, and in my case, that is just simply knowing that I will give an answer to my maker at some point. But there is, for whatever it is that you're going to answer to, when you start to operate as if you're not the end-all be-all, there's someone higher than you, there's something higher than you, you start to be strength under control. And what this actually does is puts you in a position of strength to lead. Why is that? Because it garners massive respect. You see, we all have seen the guy or the girl who it's all about them, who they're good and they want to let everybody know how good they are. That doesn't garner any respect because it requires no level of advanced character development. But when we see someone that we know they're good, we know their game is A plus, and yet they're humble, 
That means their game is actually even stronger than we originally thought. That demonstrates a very high level of personal development, a very high level of character. And so it garners respect. You know, one of my favorite movies is The Green Mile with Tom Hanks. And if you've ever seen The Green Mile, one of the main characters is this giant of a man named John Coffee, uh, like the drink, just spelled different. And uh, you'll, you'll get that reference if you've seen the movie. And it's played by the late, great Michael Clark. Duncan. And in this film, Michael Clark Duncan's character, John Coffey, is a, he's been imprisoned for a crime that he did not commit. And he is, again, a giant of a man. And what happens in the movie is we as the audience have massive respect for John. We begin to develop a love and an affinity for John. And a lot of it comes from the fact that here this guy is two times bigger, three times bigger than the guards who are guarding him. And what does he do? He doesn't ever take advantage of that strength. He doesn't ever take advantage of that, you know, gap in his strength, in his his stature. He yields to them. He honors them as the authority. And so you just respect him. That's what happens in leadership. If you have humility, you start to become even stronger. This is why it says that he who is last will be first. When you start to humble yourself, God lifts you up. Now, kind of part and parcel with this idea of being put in a position of strength is the second benefit of humility and leadership, and that is that it actually makes you far more persuasive when you're a leader. Remember that we talk about leadership as influence, nothing more, nothing less. And so influence is the ability to move people to action, to get people to accomplish bigger and greater things than you yourself could accomplish because there's more of them than you, right? There's more resources there than you bring to the table as yourself. And so one of the things that we need to be able to do is persuade. We need to be able to influence. And humility is a key in that persuasiveness, in that influence. There's a guy whose name is John Dixon. He's a professor at, I forget what university, but he he wrote a book called Humilitas, The Lost Key to Life, Love, and Leadership. And he talks about this idea of persuasiveness coming from humility. And he, he makes a really great point. And that is that we as humans, it is our nature to cheer for the underdog, like, think about it. If it's not your team, if if, there, if you don't have any, quote, dog in the fight, and you've got David versus Goliath, who do most people cheer for? Most people don't cheer for Goliath. This is why people hate the Yankees. This is why they hated the Lakers and the Celtics back in the day and the Bulls. This is why they hated, you know, they hate the Patriots today. They hated the Cowboys, etc. It's like Goliath never gets rooted for. People root for David, we have it naturally in us to root for the underdog. So, this is a lesson unto us as leaders. We want to take on more of the role of the underdog rather than the role of Goliath. Again, it's counterintuitive, but scripture always is genius when you really peel back the onion. If we will lower ourselves, it allows people to easily want to take our side. It allows them to come alongside us very easily. We are someone that's easy to root for, to cheer for. And when you start to operate in humility, it engenders trust and loyalty and buy-in and enthusiasm. 
And what people do that's the opposite of humility, pride is going to engender the opposite of those emotions I just listed. It's going to, you know, you're going to have to leverage fear and manipulation and doing things like the stick and carrot approach, this kind of 1950s management style, which we know doesn't work with the sophisticated people we are in the 21st century. So if you will just humble yourself, it will give you far more influence because you are far more likely to have people root for you. Really quickly, I want to talk about something that I have been shocked to learn over the last few months. You know, I've been traveling around the world speaking with listeners to the Scott Ross Leadership Podcast, and I have been stunned to find out that the vast majority have never incorporated. Here they are, emerging leaders, and they've never done one of the smartest things they can do, get incorporated. Don't be that person. Why would you want to be incorporated, you might ask? Well, because financially, it's a no-brainer. Listen, I can't give you financial or tax advice. I'm just going to say it like this. It's going to save you a ton of money, and it's going to protect you against liability, and it's going to ensure your assets are protected, and a lot more. There's so many benefits from being incorporated. They've written entire books on the benefits of being incorporated. I've partnered with Inkfile.com to make the process super easy and give you absolutely the least expensive way to get incorporated. I've tried all the other online services. Trust me, these guys are the best. For just 49 bucks, you can incorporate. And the money you'll save in the first year is going to by far make up for the $49. They'll do all the federal and state filings. They can take care of all the paperwork each year automatically so it's absolutely, you know, hands-free. And they'll even get you your EIN number, which is your tax ID number, so you're ready to roll immediately. If you'll go to scottrossonline.com slash get incorporated that's scottrossonline.com slash get incorporated and use that link to set up your corporation i'll give you a hundred dollars in free how-to manuals to get you going in your own corporation including how to decide whether you should use an llc c corp or s corp and a step-by-step process to establish credit for your new business quickly that'll double or triple your buying power so go to scottrossonline.com slash get incorporated and get incorporated. It's one of the smartest things you'll ever do. Okay, the third big benefit that I see to humility and leadership is that it creates a grow, a learning and growth environment. It creates a learning and growth environment. You see, pride stifles growth. The most dangerous words are, I already know that. Whenever you go to your child, as an example, you know, I have three teenagers and I'm very, very blessed. I essentially never hear this. But if I was to go to them and say, here's some wisdom, my son, here's some wisdom, daughter. And they were to say, I already know that that's going to be a big red flag because a they don't know it. And even if they think they know it in their head, they clearly cannot execute it in the real world. But because they think they know it, what happens? It's cut off. I can't tell you how many times I've thought, well, I don't really need that book or "Mm, that workshop doesn't sound all that interesting. But then if I kind of force myself or someone else forces me to read the book or go to the workshop, you know what I end up finding? Wow, my eyes are opened. I had no idea how much there was to learn. See, pride stifles growth. If I have no room for improvement, why do I need to learn? But when I have humility it automatically opens me to wanting to grow because I am cognizant of my need 
to grow. It opens me to want to learn because I am very aware that I don't know what I don't know. If you've been around this podcast or come to any of our leadership events, you know that I tell you that one of the biggest lids on your achievement in this world, one of the biggest things that's going to stifle you from having the success you want is what you don't know that you don't No, it's a lack of awareness. You can only rise to your level of awareness. You cannot become good at something that you don't even know exists. Well, when we have humility, we are open to having it revealed to us all of these different things that we don't yet know. Now, see, if we as the leader model this, it starts to just go throughout our entire organization because The speed of the leader is the speed of the pack, and it's the law of the mirror. Your organization will look like you. So see, when you have a leader who it's all about me, it's all about how great I am, then the people are going to try to emulate that ethic. I'll give you an example. When I was a young salesman starting out my career in corporate sales, I was around and uh, the, the top sales executive for our corporation was this just alpha male, just the stereotype. I mean, this guy, you know, drove a Ferrari, I believe, you know, he he wore the, the really expensive suits. He had the expensive watch and he just was the cat's meow and he knew it and he thought it and he let everybody else know it. And, you know, he wanted to let everybody know how much money he was making and how awesome he was and how how many deals he could close. And hey, it's all cool. Congratulations. And I aspired to have a lot of his skill set as a salesperson and someone who could close deals. Definitely was impressed with that. But what I noticed was all the young up and coming middle management that was right below him. And then all the people kind of at my level, which were these young people aspiring to careers in technology sales, they felt like this is who I've got to be too. So they start spending above and beyond their means. They start drinking heavily every single night, going out and living the hard life. And guess what? It was pride, 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 pride. I will tell you that that company went out of business. That company shut down. And it's because actually the egos of that guy and the president of the company led them to do a bunch of unethical things because they had to perpetuate this myth of them as these corporate rock stars. Nobody learned. People didn't go to workshops. People didn't read books. People didn't grow. They just wanted to be that guy. When we take on a humble nature, it starts to have the same effect but the opposite direction. People feel it's safe to raise their hand. It's safe to recognize that there's growth necessary. It's safe to seek out help from other people. It creates a growth and a learning environment. Definitely a huge, huge opportunity or or benefit of humility. And it probably doesn't need to be said, but let's just state the obvious here. All businesses are simply the byproduct of their collective human capital. You cannot grow a business beyond the capacity of its people. I mean, we all are familiar with with athletics. So, you know, most of us are a, a fan of some team or other. And if you're a fan of a team, you know, like, I know that it's it's probably something that y'all have to pray for me about, but I'm just a, a ridiculously diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. Well, it's the off season right now. You know what Cowboys fans and every other NFL team fans thinking about? 
Man, who are we going to draft this year? wonder if we can get any free agents. Why do we care about that? We care about that because better players make a better team. Well, the better your players in your team, the better your team. So if you have a growth-oriented culture that is the derivative of your humility as leader, as a leader, what that's going to mean is that your people are constantly rising. And when the people rise, the whole organization rises. You don't build the business and then the people are the byproduct. You build the people and the business is the byproduct. Let's talk about just a couple of other things and then we're going to wrap up. The other thing that humility does is it gives the leader the ability to be absolutely honest with their people. And I can't tell you how important this is because I've seen so many leaders through pride and ego self-destruct because they paint themselves into a corner. You see, if I've made it out where I don't ever make mistakes, I always do the right thing. I'm a genius. I'm brilliant. I'm perfect. Well, guess what? The second I make a really big mistake and I know it and I need to change course, it's going to be a thousand times harder to admit it and change the course. And I'm very often likely to just take my organization right off the cliff. This happened with General George Custer. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember the story of of Custer, but, you know, uh, I think it was Battle of Little Bighorn. I mean, it was a massacre and he was so arrogant and so prideful and he had all these people in his ear saying, this is a really bad idea. You don't have the resources. You're making a mistake. And he couldn't admit he was wrong and he gets there and realizes, oh my goodness, this is a really bad deal. We're in a really bad spot. But he couldn't confess it. He lost the lives of every one of his men. I mean, it was absolute, one of the greatest slaughters in military history. This is what happens. When you set yourself up with pride as your underpinning, you cannot change course. You can't go to your people and say, hey, I screwed up, guys. Let's all rally. I've made a big mistake. I really need your help. Instead, you got to keep perpetuating the myth that you don't make mistakes. So if you will just start with humility as your beginning point and you're being transparent as we go through, I mean, we're going to talk about how to model humility in the next coming segments, but transparency, I think you will just be able to guess that's an obvious component of modeling humility. If you're able to be transparent and confess your weaknesses, confess your, your mistakes, man, we Here's the reason why we made this decision. It was strategic at the time, but this didn't go the way we thought it was going to go. That's on us. Here's what we're doing now. We're changing direction. It becomes much simpler to change course. And so guess what that means? That means agility in your organization. And I don't have time to get into it right now, but one of the most critical components of any organization in the 21st century is agility. Companies and organizations and teams that cannot shift quickly to the changing tide, to the changing environment out in the marketplace, they're going to get left behind. They're going to go the way of the dinosaur. Our marketplace is changing too fast. So you have to be an agile organization and humility actually creates and leads to agility. Okay, the last thing that humility allows you to do is to reply with charity when you are faced with malice. When you're attacked, if you're a prideful person, you're likely to lash out in response. 
But if you're humble, you can respond with charity. And by not responding in kind, by not turning around and replying with the same malice that comes your direction, you know what you do? A, you don't burn bridges. You build bridges. Number two, you let time become a magical balm, a salve on wounds and reveal ultimately truth. And more importantly, you know what you end up doing? You end up going back and getting all the benefits we just talked about because you garner the respect of the people who are watching what's going on. You garner influence because you're now the underdog. You're the one being attacked rather than on the attack. You start to show that, yeah, maybe I did make mistakes. Let's learn from that together. And you further perpetuate this learning environment. And again, if you did make a mistake, it allows you to shift course very, very quickly. And because you haven't set yourself up as the end-all be-all in the first place, people are like, why are you attacking the guy? He's just a guy. He's one of us. And you can shift course. So humility gives you grace. You know, one of my favorite parables in the Bible is the parable of the debtor. And um, I think about this parable almost every day. And it's, uh, if you don't know the story, you know, there's a guy who he owes the king this amount of money that you could never pay just for our day and time. Just imagine you owed a trillion dollars. It's just not possible. You're never going to pay back a trillion dollars ever. There's nothing you could do. And, um, you know, he's supposed to have this horrible punishment and he goes and he begs for forgiveness from the king. And then the king does forgive him. He doesn't just say, okay, it's less. He says, I'm wiping the debt clean. The guy is like overwhelmingly relieved. He gets up and leaves the king's presence and he says, or he walks out in the street and he notices a guy on the street that owes him a penny. He owed a trillion. He notices a guy who owes him a penny. And he immediately calls the police and says, that guy needs to go to debtor's prison because he owes me a penny. He won't forgive the guy a penny. The king hears about this and he is furious furious with that guy and he and he punishes him in a much more harsh manner than he would have even originally been punished and you know Jesus says that this is what the kingdom of heaven is like and I just think about that all the time and uh, I just will tell you the thing that I know is that I have been forgiven a debt that I could never repay and so who am I to not give grace uh, when grace can be given when it's in my power to do it and by operating with humility even though it's sometimes really really difficult it puts me in that position to respond with charity and respond with love and to turn the other cheek. And uh, that's what I want us to model. You know, as a group of leaders here all together, we're this giant flock of eagles. And I want us to model what this look like looks like because it's very counterintuitive to the world. Uh, the world doesn't understand it. And you know what it's going to do? It's going to make the world go, wow. What is up with those people? How are they so different? Where's their power come from? And they're going to want to join us. And when we get that going, we will change the world together. So humility, there's a lot of benefits. There is the fact that it puts you in a position of strength, that it makes you persuasive, that it creates a growth and learning environment in your organization, that it allows you to change course and be agile, and it allows you to respond charitably when under attack. We're going to talk about what humility really looks like and how to model it over the next couple of weeks. I hope this has been valuable to you. Again, this has been episode 119. You can go to scottrossonline.com slash 119 and uh, get the show notes. I'll put the links to the books that I mentioned there in the show notes as well. And uh, until next time, guys, humble yourselves. Let the Lord lift you up. God bless you. Bye-bye. 
hope you have enjoyed this audio program. For more resources to further your development as a world-class leader and for success strategies and tactics in all areas of your life, please visit scottrossonline.com. And be sure to connect with Scott on Facebook and Twitter using the ID at scottrossonline. 